Welcome back to Stories Out of Time and Space. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and as always, I'm joined by Julian Darius. Julian, how are you doing? You okay? Um, well, I just watched Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're gonna, let's not bury the lead on this one. Um, you've probably seen what we've been watching. And also, we're not alone. Um, we have Tony Ascending. So, uh, yeah, Tony Farina, author and fellow podcaster, is joining us. And this was your choice. You're like a guest. This- I'm either going to whisper or shout the whole time. Yeah. But I'm either going to whisper or I'm going to shout the whole show. You're going to go the full red main. That's what full, we're going to call I'm going to go full red main. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Choices Listen, are made in this film. Choices, choices are, are made. made. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is almost like Spider-Man Secret Defenders a little bit. You know, um, it's one of those things that I am a, I saw bound in the theater. Mm. Right, I'm a Wachowski stan, which again, I, I don't love saying stan as like a fan of because stan, you know, is mm. the guy who kills Eminem in that song or kills yeah. himself and you know tries to kidnap Eminem in that song. So I don't know that that's great to say you're a stan <laughs> of something that's good. I'm not a stalker of them, um, but I loved Bound. Um, I'm a person who says the Matrix sequels aren't that bad. Speed Racer is, of course, my favorite Wachowski film of all time. <laughs> There's something about <laughs> The Wachowski Speed Racer. There's something about um, the Wachowskis that just that I don't know. I would love to get to just sit and hang out and be with Lily and Lana and like I, I don't know. There's just something about them that I get. Like when I saw Bound in the theater, there was like me and three people in the theater, and people were like, "What the fuck is going on?" And I'm like, "What?" I mean, again, I felt like, "What the fuck is going on?" But the fact that they had the balls to make that movie and that everything they've done is just like balls, and I, it's like. The Matrix being successful was an accident, almost. Like, mm. everything that they've wanted to do is this. And so, I don't know what it is. There's, You know how there's just things you like? Sometimes there's, like, a candy you like that's bad for you. For me, that's the Wachowskis. It's hard to... I, I, I know what you mean. Because I think... <laughs> no, no, seriously. Because one, one of the things that say, like, Julie and I are we often in, when we have reviews, like, even something that's bad, like, we'll say... But they're swinging for the fences. Like, they have gone for it and they've gone, this is what we are doing and we are doing it. And that's sort of like, so I always kind of respect that. And I feel that a little bit in this, but I feel like it's got studio notes. The other thing I find kind of weird, <laughs> kind of fit, kind of weird with this, I had to check because I was watching this and I knew it was the Wachowskis, but I was like, this has to be based on like a, a young adult novel series. Like this is a YA novel series, surely. And it's not, but it it reeks of like novel adaptation. Like it, you know what I mean. You know when you watch a film and you can sort of know that there's a bigger story here that's probably in the novel. So they've had to cut little characters out, or they've combined things, or whatever. That's what this felt like. And I was going, oh, they've this is a novel adaptation. It's not. It's not. <laughs> 
and so that was really weird. So it is. It's it's a, it's a real. They're not against Davila. They did Speed oh, no, 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 adaptation, no. and they yeah. did. Uh, not that um, they're against it. It's just that feel one? of Cloud film. Atlas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a, it's just the way the film feels. I get like, that. Sure. This is you know I was watching this and thinking I'm getting Maze Runner kind of vibes off it. That kind of sort of you know that's not a good vibes, but yeah. <laughs> What about you, Julie? What are your initial thoughts on on uh, Jupiter ascending? Well, let me start delicately. Uh, I I want to <laughs> second everything Tony has said about the Wachowskis. Uh, um, I saw Bound on video mm. uh, before the Matrix came out. Um, you know, thought this is right up my alley. You know, like this is the movie for me. You know, like this is awesome. And then Matrix was a big hit, and I always feel guilty that I don't like Wachowski stuff more than I do because I love the themes. I love, mm. you know, a lot of the ideas and especially like in this movie, uh, you know, it's a female protagonist. It's sort of like an inverse of the matrix. It's the Campbell thing, you know? Um, and I'm glad to see it, you know, but I hope we passed the day where, you know, anybody denouncing, you know, like the Force Awakens has to be mm-hmm. a misogynist, you know? Mm. So, like, this is one of those, like, I totally want to hang out with Wachowskis too and play some video games with them, like, you know, and, you know, um, I identify with them a lot, but I, my reaction to this movie was one of uh, extreme pain and, <laughs> um, and and mostly just confusion, um, you know, thinking like these these are decisions. I don't for the life of me understand why anyone would decide make any of these decisions. However, um, I kept thinking, you know, like, does this compare unfavorably to various other movies? Um, you know, s- several times through, I thought, like, is the point? to try to make a sci-fi movie worse than uh, the, like, factory sequence. Like, in the climax, I kept thinking of, like, the factory sequence of Star Wars uh, prequel Mm -hmm. 2. Yeah. uh, You know, Attack of the Clones, and thinking, like, I think this is worse? Um, (laughs) You know, so I, I... My thoughts go to things like that. So, I mostly, I just want to hear Tony talk, and, you know, because I respect, you know... I, I have never liked something that I know has issues personally. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is brilliant that you said that out loud. I totally, yeah. totally ironic. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, on, but before, you know what's before, funny though? Before, but when you, because when you guys did the two, the Cameron Crowe remake of the French film, like that was fascinating. I love listening to you guys talk about that because again, I had not seen the French film, you know, like it wasn't in my wheelhouse. And then like listening to you guys talk about it and you're you like, even then, in, um, it's, it's in, Spanish. Spanish, Spanish. Yeah. sorry, yeah, Spanish, yeah. not French. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but like the way that you you broke that down, like even that, which is clearly a better film than Vanilla Sky, you were still like, even then you're like, well, I like it in spite of it. And like your love for Valerian, everybody in Valerian showed up and knew the assignment. Just like every, I think everybody showed up and knew the assignment here. And it's just, oh, and I think, I think Eddie Redmayne, that's what I'm saying. He A choice was made, but that was the choice. And those forget, he won an Oscar this year, the same year that this came out. Oh, he yeah, but this is—he's he, he's a, no, no, a double. He's a double hitter. That, yeah, he's a double yeah. hitter because he got an Oscar for what was it? The um, Hawkins the theory film? of everything. Theory of everything, and won a Razzie for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, double hitter. That's yeah. uh, you know. What do you think, a, Scott? What was it? Was this your first time? This was my first time. Um, 
and it's it's an interesting one because you're right about the assignment it being like you know everyone turns up what what's funny is like because you've got people making choices left right and center like interacting like you say eddie redmayne channing tatum is doing like the, the the constant like dog references and then the sniffing and everything and like the shoes like the floaty boots there's like so all that i'm just like okay and then like Myla Kunis, who I actually like Myla Kunis. I think she's quite funny. I think of the bad moms. I think she's actually kind of good. She's sort of trying to play it straight. And then Sean Bean's just sort of looking. He's turned up and he's doing something. But in scenes, he's clearly like a little confused. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's like, I was in Lord of the Rings <laughs> and I understood that better than what the hell's going on here. Like it's there's something going on with Sean Bean where you like he when he's playing with the contraptions and it like it breaks and he sort of gets angry. I kind of feel that's legit where he's like, I don't kind of fucking know what's going on. Like I'm just here and saying these words. Like, so do you this- feel like Sean Bean got the call from Lily and she was like, Hey, Sean, we we want you to be in our next movie. He's like, cool. And like, you think that Sean just said yes. Sean Bean says he- yes to most things. I Everything. Mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sean, sure. Sean yeah. Bean does not have a he's like, Are you sure you got the right, you went yeah, me, yeah, Sean yeah. Bean. You're, you're you did, Lily. You've called, the right, you've called the right, right. Sean. Like, <laughs> um, Sean Bean's not had a career in which he's had the ability to say no to most things. Let's be clear. That's I like true. him. I like Sean Bean a lot, but you know, but yeah, the, when he's having to give the dialogue explaining about the bees, like I kind of feel embarrassed for him. <laughs> oh, Sean, you were in sharp. I loved you in that, but this is kind of like, you know, wince inducing. Um, but even the plot, I want to sort of go through the plot. So it's, you know, cause I, I also want to highlight, and at the end of this, I want to make I'm going to make a controversial statement. I think Jupiter Jones is a terrible person. At the end of this film, I've made the decision as I got through it. But um, so Jupiter Jones, um, a young um, immigrant woman in America, working with her parents, with her family in a cleaning firm, is identified as a genetic, um, I'll say replicant copy, a, gen- a genetic match to a former, uh, an alien that was a former queen of an, a race that grows human beings on a planet in order to harvest them to use some part of us to keep young. Um, she did. <laughs> it's adrenochrome. <laughs> yeah. And then there are oh several... Oh my God, parts... you're right. Did they get some notes from... Uh... Oh, okay. Yeah. Well... Wow. Well, she has the same this is all of a sudden, it's fear and loathing in space is what this is, right? Is that what you're... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there are then several parties, because there's the Abraxas siblings, each of them after her for different kind of different reasons, led by Eddie Redmayne. They are siblings, but they all own planets that are corporations that are then part of a market that we know very little about. Um, however, if she is stamped as being this genetic match to this person that died several hundred years ago, she inherits the Earth or gets given back the Earth as ownership. And so they're all trying to kill her. But she's been saved by Kane Weiss, who is a, is a human spliced with a wolf who grows wings at the end of the film. Uh, <laughs> And they are implanted to... wings. Yeah, the, okay. The wings implanted are wings. add-ons. Because yeah. Sean um, Bean Stinger also has them. Stinger, yes. who's in charge okay. of bees. That's right. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. He's a beekeeper. We've had enough of beekeepers this year. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, and so yeah, they do. They travel to <laughs> to meet Sean Bean, singer, who then gives a lot of exposition about what is going on, and then she gets abducted. There are aliens and weird races, and then there's a fight in space, um, and she gets crowned when she gets identified and gets given the Earth. Yet she chooses to go back to Earth, become a toilet cleaner, and not use the um, immense technological advancements and wealth that she has access to in space to make any betterment to the human race at all. She gets a really nice telescope. Yeah, right. she gets it. Yes, yeah, yeah, or her family. <laughs> Good point. She doesn't help her family or the human race in any way, yet she technically owns the planet um, for potential <laughs> harvesting in the future. Do we see them use the telescope at the end? I Nope. I mean, it's they just, just like, go. They, they go space. Rapping. They go space rollerblading at the end. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They basically become yeah. You unidentified flying object around a city using flying shoes and wings. Mm-hmm. They they have the technology to wipe people's memory. I mean, yep. there's there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> yeah. They have the technology to wipe people's memory. Are they gonna? Are they still doing that at the end? I'm assuming so. Yeah, I assume so too, right? I, I love the comment this... though, because there's a whole fight scene where they go through the city and they're smashing up skyscrapers and all this other stuff. And then they say it's being rebuilt. Uh, Kane, as they're escaping, says, but it'll be rebuilt by tomorrow. No explanation as to how it's being rebuilt, just that it is. And then he says, and there's a way of wiping people's memories so no one will remember it. But I'm, this was still made in 2015, mm-hmm. right? I had a camera phone in 2050, and it highlights in this that they can't wipe photos because Jupiter at one point has a photo that she does not remember taking of the aliens and stuff. So their technology is no longer of any use. Because he, he tries to wipe. He's like, we can't get everybody in. There's a few things we don't get, but there's just they're crazies. They're the crazies. And so it's always that. It's Apart like from photo- people that are stood on the stood on the street taking video of these things and the thing correct yeah. they're also crazy okay apart from they've got footage okay because you have footage but then so you've got the footage because this takes place in chicago so you've got footage mm-hmm. of the sears tower getting blown apart but then so you're like look at the video of the sears tower blown apart and people will be like but look there's the sears tower not blown apart so that's a deep like, it's cg it's cg right that's the idea is that because when yeah. he says at the end why don't you he says kane wise says all these things to her about why don't you do whatever she's like why would like anybody believe me they would just think i'm crazy listen if hand wavy science is good enough for the greatest science fiction trilogy of all time back to the mm. future hand wavy science is fine here that's how i feel that's fine i'm yeah, I'm not gonna dig on that it was it's supposed to go it's you're right you are 100 right it is total it's not bullshit. it's not yeah it's not the point i'm it's not the it's not it the hill i'm dying on on this film i guarantee no. it that's not the hill i'm dying on <laughs> <laughs> but be, her being a bad person totally checks out. Yeah, she makes yeah. bad choices throughout the film that are that are the wrong. She makes a lot of wrong choices. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. There's well, there's a lot I don't understand about this movie. <laughs> um, there's a lot that I want to like. Right. Mm. Like I want to like the story of an immigrant who's cleaning toilets who secretly owns the earth. That's golden. Okay. Yeah. That's like. You know, worst case scenario, that's Howard the Duck, charming good, you know, like that's awesome. Um, but um, what what I don't understand is how is this a story of female empowerment when she's like 
it's a series of rescue missions by Channing Tatum in which she is endangered by one former son, one of whom wants to marry her in a hereditary monarchy in space. And, you know, she's constantly rescued by Channing Tatum, who has all these action scenes using technology we don't understand. I mean, and shirtless, too. Uh, don't forget. What? Wanted to make he's definitely shirtless a lot of the time too. Shirtless Channing yeah. Tatum. That's that's the sweet spot right there. You weren't supposed to pay attention to that because you're like, look, Channing Tatum's got his shirt off. Oh, I noticed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, it's it's hard to miss. Um, you know, I I can't say that I'm a a big Channing Tatum fan. <laughs> um, but but I don't understand the like. She is like, sure, I'll go with them. And everybody is like, this is a bad idea. You've gone with two other yeah. people who have kidnapped you and tried to kill you before. And she's like, well, you know, on the other hand, you know, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll do this. And, you know, I can always change my mind later because plot, you know, I, I don't I really don't understand. I understand the structure of like the three siblings. I don't understand the marriage to them because they're genetically the same. Mm. I mean, if they're not incest, there's hereditary monarchy, but there's not incest. I, I don't understand. But I, what I really don't understand is how is this female empowerment? How is this like a female matrix if really Channing Tatum is the star? And I get he's like the dog from Wizard of Oz or whatever, except you don't have sex with the dog. Maybe, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But yeah, I like the pause. Maybe her. that was nice. I like appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> Not saying that you know peanut butter it wasn't involved. So. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. No, this is the thing. Uh, I was kind of confused because it's called Jupiter Ascending, and so I assumed it was going to be when you learned that her character called Jupiter, it should be like her becoming, you know, the empowered one. But you're right, like. Her, she never really sort. She you know she doesn't become badass, but she never also becomes like authoritative in her own agenda. You know, in her own agenda, like she literally is just carried along in this film. She becomes like the MacGuffin for like a third of it, and everyone's like, "We've taken her to this place. We've now taken her to this other place." There's a literally a montage of her being taken from office to office in a bureaucracy. This is the best scene. part of the film. Yeah, listen. My favorite, so it is exactly halfway through the film. So this is what I love about it. This is the moment when I laughed out loud in the theater. I'm at the theater with one of my kids and Rachel and one of Rachel's friends, Ashlyn. You both, thank you, Queens, for going to see this movie with me. So I don't even know what, I don't know how I could have bribed them to go, but they did. So we're in the theater and the movie is all these things. It's like Channing Tatum with the shirt off and he somehow gets sucked through space, riding on the outside, hand wavy science, whatever. <laughs> There's definitely a, an egg harvesting scene, mm -hmm. which again, not female. I hear you, not female empowerment, but there's also, I've got a thought to say on that, whatever. So all these things are happening. Action, action, action. And then we're going to stop the movie for 10 minutes <laughs> and watch her stand in line. And then Terry Gilliam shows up at the end at 11 and stamps the paper. I'm like, oh my god, love uh, everything uh, about wanted, that. Okay, when th this is what I'm gonna. I am gonna jump on this point. The so balls gonna... of them to say no, like, uh, all right, yeah. This Here's is the what, thing. This is it. Bureaucracy right. at its worst. Yeah. yeah. Right. Here's the thing, and this is where thing you said about the films that this conjures up Valerian most definitely. 
But this was the problem I had with this film is I kept thinking of other films and going, oh, yeah, I like that film. I'm going to go watch that again. Brazil. I like Brazil. Brazil is a good film. I'm going to go watch That's Brazil. That's it, right? That's their Brazil commentary. And I'm watching some of the action and some of the aliens going, oh, I really like the fifth, ele- uh, the fifth element. I think I'm going to watch the fifth element at some point. I kept sort of just hitting <laughs> on films and going, I want to go watch that other film at some other point. That's like a, that's clearly been an influence. Even Dune. Like, I'm thinking like David Lynch's Dune and going like, yeah, that's a weird messed up film. I kind of enjoy that weird messed up film. Oh my god, what's Dune? The thing is, this film is very much those things. But but like even Flash Gordon, I thought of like you know the the nineteen eighty Flash Gordon. The problem is, it's you say it's got the balls, but for only ten minutes, right? Because the rest of it, I feel, is very vanilla. And I'm going like, this should be notched up to eleven. This should be flash gordon for the 21st century this should be dune for the 21st century like i should be watching this and being like this should you know eddie redmayne shouldn't just be shouting and then quiet like he should be draped in gold or have like be riding sort of like a four-headed horse i want some really weird shit going on in this film this film needs to be weirder for me to really be into it like it feels restrained i don't know am i am i wrong i i sort of thought about the um bureaucracy sequence that it compared unfavorably to the bureaucracy stuff in hitchhikers Mm. um you know Mm. which i thought was more inventive more interesting and then that makes me think why is a queen you know having to go through this that's fine but i mean and then you know and then i'm noticing like oh there's a robot who's in a suit and tie made of plastic and i like the design but mm. why why are they wearing a suit and tie? Yeah. You know, like, you know, uh, and then he bribes them and I'm like, there are cameras, you know, like I don't understand how this bribe works, you know. And then I and again I think like, oh, I need to go back and watch his treasures. <laughs> yeah. That no, is it is it's it I hear all of that. And to me, it's funny. This is the beginning of the end for them, right? This is the time when the studio started to say no. You talked about that, Scott. There are studio notes. I think what you're picking up on, and I don't know that it exists. I don't know what what's in the vault, in the Wachowski vault, which again, I want to go to. Mm. I want to be there. I want to get in the Mach 5 and drive around. Um, yeah. But I believe this was a, a three-hour movie. And the studio was like, absolutely not. We are not doing this shit again with you guys. And they're like, what's the movie? And then they're like, well, we're going to cut the shit out of it. And so I think, because it it actually, the release date moved twice. <laughs> it's never good. Um, never good. Because it wasn't like there was a pandemic, so we moved the release mm. date. It was like a, a November release. And then it was like, that's prestige science fiction. That's prestige time. And the studio was like, then it was yeah, like, yeah. I think January. And then I think later it became March in America anyway. I don't know over there. So it got two moved release times. So that is what I feel happened is that, there's a different story in there. And I think part of the love I have for it is when they do things, just like the scene in Speed Racer, when there's the 10 minute Spritel and Chim Chim on crack, that scene yeah, is yeah. Famous. That's the scene when my wife, I made her finally watch Speed Racer, who, by the way, her family grew up driving race cars. Like her stepdad builds race cars. Her, her brothers drove race cars. Like she loves race cars. She's like, I don't understand anything that's happening here. This is, awful it's giving me a headache there needs to be a trigger warning for the you know for the flashing lights and then she said but i totally understand why you love it and that scene that scene the spider and chim chin going crazy on all the candy scenes she's like that whole scene could have been cut i'm like but could it maybe but then it isn't so again i feel like 
that they they died on that hill for that movie, yeah, yeah. and then people were like, "That movie tanked," and everybody brings up that scene. Speed and so Racer, I almost Speed Racer is going to be refound. I love that movie. So I own I own Speed Racer on. So do I. Prime yes. Because it was the it was one of the first films I bought in 4K when I was like, I kind of want to see this in 4K to see like what my TV can do, and yeah. it's worth it. Like it I looks bet. incredible. Sure, but, but I feel like a this little is... bit like it is a little bit like chewing on four tons of sugar. <laughs> just well, like... Right, right, poured right in your eyes. And so I feel like yeah. this movie that the bureaucracy scene, especially because I got Terry Gilliam to show up, so you remember that this is commenting on Brazil. Yeah, yeah. That was that was like something they won. I think so. I feel like for me, I love the movie as much because I feel there's a different movie. Like I get it as it is. If it's the first time I saw, it, I went in. Like, this is going to suck. I went to see it in the theater, expecting it to suck. Like, oh, no, what are they? And I just had so much fun with it. And every time I watch it, I enjoy it again. Because I see the breadcrumbs that they left that didn't that, that didn't fall through. So for me, it's a lot of wish fulfillment, this film. And I know that isn't the film. So again, that's not what your show is. Your show isn't like magic up a better film. But I love the courage of making Jupiter's ascending and that the three hour version of Jupiter ascending is probably perfect. But at that point, um, the cloud Atlas had bombed speed racer had bombed everything. The other matrix made money, but people openly hated them. Only one of their movies ever made money besides bound bound. Cause they mm. made bound for a nickel. Joey pants showed up. Like everybody just showed up for that movie and did it. Like they dressed themselves. Like Gina Gershon showed up and they're like, we're all going to dress like her. That's it. Yeah. We're all just going to do that. That's how everybody's going to dress. Good. But like the only two of their movies have really truly ever made money. And so at some point they were starting to say, we're going to stop. So I just love the courage of giving you big ideas. Do they, Do is this a perfect movie? Absolutely not. Is it their best movie? Absolutely not. But I just love it for it trying to do something. Because again, the commentary that you guys both brought up about the the hereditary monarchy and the weird like in in marriage but there is still a bureaucracy there but again that is government mm. like even in your country scott you guys have a government but there's still a bureaucracy that's involved like the king king charles just can't make a decree everybody would laugh at him if he's like from now on, he couldn't even get people he couldn't get ed sheeran to show up and sing in his party no right i mean he could so if the king calls and there was like a ton of people who were like no you know who played at his at his whatever you guys his coronation a bunch of americans Lionel Richie played, which again, cool. Yeah. Lionel Richie's awesome, but like British people didn't even want to show up. So it was like, there's no decree he could make. You know, like, can no, he's got to go through like, the, yeah, he's got to go through the channels and all that. Right. And so I feel like there's just this comment, like there is like bureaucracy is all, and we're all weighted down on it. So maybe this movie is the comment on the movie industry and how they felt all the bullshit we have to go through, or I'm just wish fulfilling because that's what I want. So that's my, that's my rant. I feel like I've just said too many words. Sorry. No. Julian, any thoughts? I just want to point out that uh, we, we should talk about Speed Racer at some point. Mm. We, we could do that right now, in fact. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think a little bit of dialogue. I, I totally, res- obviously, I love you, Tony, and, and I totally respect what you're saying. Of and course. I'm a huge I fan understand. Of, yeah. You know, um, and I'm a huge fan of loving movies and, mm. you know, of, of just passion. Um, you know, I feel like with that with that whole bureaucracy sequence, you know, it's amazing what a line of dialogue can do. You know, a line of dialogue that just says, you know, why do I have to go through this if I'm, you know, if I'm in charge, you know? Um, 
it, it's that simple. You're um, right. Yeah, I mean, and and look, you know, I mean, I I like the kind of like again, I like the female protagonist. I like the immigrant story. I like you know, you secretly own the earth. I like um, you know the um, but the Campbell thing. You know, if it's done right. Um, you know, I'm fine with the, I, I like the commentary on capitalism, you know, I mean, I get what's going on here. I mean, and I think, you know, you know, you said like, I don't want to talk about like what could have been and which fulfillment, you know, and first of all, that's, that's most of what Scott and I do. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I was going to say, yeah. Like, it is true. You, you guys fix movie? a lot of movies. A lot of times I'm listening. I'm like, why aren't they making movies? Those guys <laughs> fix every one of these shitty movies. They're like, listen here, when you guys did uh demolition man, you were like, here's the three things that would make demolition. Cause demolition Man's already great. But you're mm. like, here's the three problems with demolition man. And if we just fix those things, this is a 10. And I love I'm like, yes, you're right. Wow. Yeah. Put them in charge. <laughs> I just think that like I, I like all that stuff. I just don't um uh, I just don't think that any of it really works on screen. Um and I and I think especially the sort of like Matrix 2 kind of like they're werewolves in space, like there's that line about like, are you vampires? Mm -hmm. Well, some people have perceived us as such. That kind of like, you know, returning desire to sort of like explain everything in human mythology through some kind of you know like alien frankenstein society that doesn't really make a lot of sense and, you know the i put the bees in there you know like you know i mean what you know the bees recognize a queen they're genetically programmed to recognize a queen i mean has to be you know one of the most amazing moments of cinema history <laughs> yeah perfection it is, I mean, it is, but look. look so I just want to say, so I've got to laugh because there is a moment yeah. when they sort of try to justify it and Sean Bean says to her, he says, and you've never been stung. And she's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, she lives in a city. It kind of reduces the sort of, you know, proximity to bees. <laughs> what, what, what I instantly think is like, do you mean to tell me like, all the King Louis, all the King Georges, yeah. none of them ever got stung by a bee. Oh, did you, did you never see Queen Elizabeth sort of like dancing around Buckingham <laughs> Palace with the bees? Oh, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> but but you know why you haven't? Because she's not part of the right line. That's 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 the problem. She didn't point. go through the right the right hoops. I mean, she's only, Queen Elizabeth was only, Queen Elizabeth II was only queen on accident because her uncle wanted to, you know, bang a movie star and be a Nazi. So, yeah. I'm just saying. No, all of that's true. The beat. Look, here's my one thing about the 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 Wachowskis, even with Bound, which is, again, I mean, my favorite movie of theirs is Speed Racer. Bound is their best film. Like it's objectively brilliant. Like so tightly written. I mean, and Jennifer Tilly's not that great of an actor, but she knows what she's doing. Again, talk about showing up. She didn't need to be in that movie. Like the fact that she showed up for them at that point in her career, she didn't need to do that. And she's like, I want to in that amazing movie joey pants again talk about a guy who doesn't say no mm. he's in everything but um the one thing you'll never say about the wachowskis is boy they write some great dialogue mm -hmm. yeah yeah no one that will ever say to that. me like like i i kept thinking through the movie like is there a single line of dialogue that i think is good here <laughs> Yeah, no, I loved uh, even even their V for Vendetta. They wrote, remember, they wrote the screenplay for V for Vendetta, 
And that was still just a lot of like, let's just take what Alan said and put it on the screen. I was going to say, but that's not there. That's, a, that's that an was, adapted right, screenplay. So as, yeah. Right. So as a screenplay, that one, and they didn't direct that one, right? Mm -hmm. But that was the one time where you're like, oh, well, then you can just read along with the comic. It's almost word for word. That was like, you know, like when the Coen brothers admitted when they won the Oscar for Old Country for No Man, they're like, we didn't hardly do anything. Yeah. We just took the book and put it on. We just turned it into a, we just turned it, we put it into a program, yeah. but thanks, we'll take it. Like literally word for word from the book in that. Well, like we put a few things in a different order. So dialogue has never been their strong suit. They are idea women. They have big ideas and they would like to throw them all at you. And with an unlimited budget, like I love that. And again, I feel like to me, this is, and this is their last big picture before, because the, then they did Sense8, which again, I thought was pretty good. But again, bad dialogue, but I thought Sense8, was pretty good um and then they did resurrections which i i liked resurrections i know everybody that's a divisive statement to me but i actually kind of i really enjoyed resurrections i it wasn't the best of the matrix films but i because i didn't hate the sequels so i really was here for resurrections but even than that the dialogues oh, always terrible but they have big ideas and i just love that they were given this opportunity they hit the matrix at the right time and that movie allowed them to make this series of things that are big artistic people making big ideas. And they, like you said, take a big swing and totally fail in many cases. But I love, I love this movie for everything, even for its failures, for all of that, because I still think there's a three hour movie out there or, a, you know, a 300 page script <laughs> that I want to read. Like you collect all those novelizations, Scott. Mm -hmm. I would love a novelization mm -hmm. of Jupiter Ascending to know you know, what, what you was... want is what you actually want is you want the Wachowski cut, don't you? I do. Oh, can we make, is this, are we going to make that happen today? Hashtag Wachowski cut. That's what we want. <laughs> uh, it, it does feel, I honestly think, I honestly think like, cause this cuts, there are certain scenes. The pacing at some points is like off the wall bonkers. Like she goes from sort of, there's a, there's a, like the transition from the first act to the second act and then go off is insane. Like, you know, it, um, she's attacked by, they, they 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 track her down to and you know but she's used a false name she's used her roommates or someone uh, no it's not it's the person she cleans the toilets for's name to for the egg harvesting so they go to pick up this other woman finds it's not her so she takes a photo of those weird aliens and it sort of cuts and I'm thinking have they kidnapped her like why what's happened there did they run away what happened she doesn't know because they've wiped her memory because then they realize it's actually her she goes to get the eggs harvest and within seconds of walking into the egg harvesting she's floating off a table and the fight's about to start and i'm like my brain is reeling i'm like it does feel like they were like right originally this was a 20 minute sequence that had like actual explanation in and we had like transition scenes and transition footage but they're like we don't have time go 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 <laughs> It's just bang, bang, bang. We've got to get to a spaceship or we've got to get to a fight. And then that's it. And then it's like, um, this also has the, that scene in the, in the doctors with the egg harvesting thing. It kind of has something that irks me and, and has bothered me. It bothers me in lots and lots of films. I'm not just picking it up in this film. It's lots and lots of films. It does this. It has a bunch of aliens that make funny squeaky noises um, you know, they do this weird talking. Yet they are using something holographic to or and to, to present themselves as human and all speak English. 
They literally discuss her genetic material and taking her, and they're all talking English. But the moment the holograms are gone, they're all back to making alien noises. And I'm just, but that's not just this film. It happens in lots of films, and it's always, always bothers me. So, yeah. But the the pace on this, a hundred percent, I believe there's a much longer film in this. There's a much, much longer film out there. It's like, I don't know if they filmed it. I don't know if they got to, but hundred percent, you're right. There's a three hour. Is vote. there? Is this? Let me just put it out there. And this is my big question for you two because you two will have an answer, and you will probably boo me and tell me no, and end the call. You said is there's a source material. It's not the source material, but her name is Jupiter Jones. She's a nobody from nowhere who goes on to try to save the world, and she isn't a feminist icon at the end, but at the end, she's the most feminist icon. Is this a love letter to Halo, Jones? Um, it's a good question. I mean, again. It's one of those where I could make you could make an argument for it, and I I I would be happy to make the argument. I probably would lose. I I mean, but it's hard, especially this watch, to be like, wow, Halo Jones, huh? (laughs) Well, again, as you said, they they wrote the screenplay for V Vendetta, so they know other more. And I I am without a shadow of a doubt, I believe the Wachowskis have read Halo Jones. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. So. I it, it, the influence could definitely be there. I think you could argue it. If anything, I wouldn't mind the Wachowskis making the Halo Jones film. So yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. Thoughts? I'm just it's uh, yeah. What do you think, Julian? You nodded a little. What do you think? Is that too? I mean, should they have just done that? Should they have just? But at that point, Alan wasn't selling his stuff, so they couldn't. But they're the, they're them. They, they well, he doesn't own it. Have sold it, it to them. Yeah, that's whole by, owned by Rebellion, though, isn't it? So. Oh, that's yeah, I mean, Pat. Pat's like, I'll take Buck. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll buy that. I mean, I'll buy there's an influence there. Mm. I mean, and I, I think part of the problem is so much is jammed into this movie. Um, and, you know, I mean, going back to the sort of egg harvesting scene, I, I'm fine with that, you know, from sort of the idea of, you know, female uh, exploitation. Uh, you know, and a sort of commentary on that and sort of female power, you know, reproductive power, all of that. It's it's not laid on too thick, you know, that's all fine. I don't understand why they let her go. I like the cut, you know, there, but I don't understand why they let her go. And then they are like, well, let's wait till we harvest her. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, and I, I had the same thoughts about English. Um but, you know, I, I do want to get back to this idea of like, you know, the Wachowski cut, uh, you know, and I agree there's like a a much better. I don't know if there's a, a, an awesome, but there's certainly a much better movie here. Um, and I and I sort of had the same thought. And one of the curiously, one of the things, obviously the opposite end of the spectrum that I kept thinking about during this movie was Zack Snyder. <laughs> um, and I thought, you know. Zack Snyder is one of these guys who also like, you know, just jams in a ton of ideas and you're like, you didn't do enough work making a coherent universe, right? It's like the difference between world building is just throwing in ideas versus world building is making a coherent, like, well, here's the way monarchies work. Here's the way this economy works, right? Of harvesting planets and all of that. Um, Like these are ideas. I need a little more sort of structure. Um, And I did think, you know, sort of like one is sort of like the uh, the the you know obviously the Wachowskis are more you know on my side personally you know in terms of my human experience and my friends, but you know I do think there's a similarity in terms of 
Like, I see a ton of ideas. I see a lot of money on screen. I see a lot of, like, failure to translate those ideas into a coherent narrative and into a narrative that takes that that viewer along on the journey. Um, you know, and as far as, like, what you were saying, Scott, about sort of, like, getting into space and stuff like that, it occurs to me that there's, like, never a Spielberg moment here, right? Mm. Like, there's never a moment where uh, Jupiter says, like, oh my god, I can't believe, you know, there's like a line of dialogue, and then it's like, right, we gotta get to the next plot thing, because we gotta do the whole, you know, three three children thing. Um, there's never those moments where somebody just says, I'm, I'm, you know, a queen, this is amazing, you know, like, how, how does the ship work, you know. Um, nobody ever stops to marvel at anything and let you sort of pause, and, and, and maybe that's deliberate, maybe that's the result of being forced into, you know, two hours and five minutes or whatever it is. But a little bit of that would go a long way with me to just sort of say, oh, no, I'm, I'm shocked and, you know, take a moment. I would much rather have that cut, you know, cut two minutes of uh, space battles where I have no idea what's going on mm-hmm. with, with, you know, operatic music that, you know, I'm thinking, like, does not enhance what I'm watching and give me you know, just the Spielberg moment, the Spielberg shot. No, I agree. Sorry about. No, 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 I agree. Actually, that, that's a really good point. See, the Spielberg moment is that it's that moment of wonder, isn't it? It's that moment of allowing the viewer as well to stop and be like, "This is crazy," but like, you know, look at where we are. You know, my God, there's dinosaurs. Oh my God, you know those kinds of things. You need that moment. I agree. Um, yeah, because it just it just doesn't. And she takes it in a stride, like you know everything like she's sort of kind of like cool with it and being like yeah i've woken up in different clothing again and you know now i'm on a different planet or now i'm being proposed to by my genetic son like i don't know how that you know even the moment when she sort Who of has it in fairness experience yeah, yeah. <laughs> daily occurrence um but even when she sees there's those sort of like the, the the piles of the tubes full of glowing human bits and then she realizes she finds out that it takes a hundred humans to make to f- one to make, make one, one thing. bank tube of goo. Yeah. yeah, and at no point does like you know I'm going, what part of us? <laughs> like what? Like if it's taken a hundred, that's a, you know that that's all that's in there. Like there's not much in a single human being. So like, what is it then that's in us that that is making that? Like you know what gets stuck in a blender, and what happens to the rest? Because they get you know we have to harvest. Like so yeah, we're gonna, like. Because this is the thing that, again, this literally crossed my mind because they keep talking about market share, right? And they keep talking about how they are a corporation and this other thing. And but I'm like, yeah, but if that's if there's only like a little bit of if a, you know that takes a hundred to fill that jar, there's a lot of meat and organs and skin. Like, are they not trading in anything else? You know, I'd love it if no, someone well, was you, like, well, I'm only, actually, you're right, I, I but I'm actually wearing this wonderful human pelt as a sort of... Well, but when they go to the one planet that is the three, when the three siblings meet, because again, Eddie Redmayne obviously wasn't available for this whole shoot, right? I mean, he's third billing, but he's obviously just around. They're like, we're going to get all his whisper shouting scenes in. Yeah. Um, so they're like, we're going to have to film these scenes. Um, I agree, though, I love him on the four-headed horse. I'm here for that. I think he probably was like, you know what? Hear me out. And they're like, no, we don't. Listen, there's already spent $170 million. They're, they're on that destroyed planet. So my argument there would be, you don't see it because it doesn't, like, that's the moment. That's the show, don't tell, where they're like, look at this planet that's ruined. The three of us are standing here in the, 
earth is next mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. the what is going to happen so underwater because there's like water and there's fallen roads and buildings and shit so when the assumption is we sucked all the goo like because they're going to harvest earth not little by little it's not going to be oh, like in one go it's not good yeah i don't i didn't read it as it's not going to be like a like a you know an alien abduction situation where there's like you know or like in south park where there's just like the skin mm-hmm. of a cow it's like we're just all dead like earth is being harvested all at once the end or earth is over next planet up so there wouldn't be any survivors so there so the ruins are just down there like like all greedy people do you just throw the garbage away and you don't yeah. you don't care so i hear all of it i do and i do think my favorite part of the last matrix film which i openly enjoyed i really liked the last matrix resurrect there's a line there's a yeah yeah there's a line where the person says and it might as well have just been lily saying like lily should have just played that part she should have just showed up and read that line herself where the person said warner brothers said if we don't do anything to it they're going to do something anyway so we better like that's yeah, the line yeah. mm. so like she just wrote that in and she's like I have to make this fourth Matrix movie because if I don't, Warner Brothers is going to. So by me making this movie, I hold them off for 20 more years. And then in 20, so what I read is in 20 more years when it's their turn to do it again, I get to show up and Keanu will still look great. We'll just do another one. You know, whatever. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So they like to say the inside stuff outside, right? I mean, and some of it with the Wachowskis, again, terrible dialogue. And sometimes the subtext is text. And sometimes it is subtext. Like they do have big ideas. So this is about greed it is about art versus money they did make an ugly like you said two minutes of talking as opposed to a a two minutes of operatic space junk and those ships are they cool i don't know i didn't get to see them long enough the one thing that zack snyder would do was show us in really slow motion how fucking cool the ship looks and the right and you'd be like slow motion (laughs) (laughs) we'd have the opposite complaint we'd be like you know where are the characters (laughs) yeah that ship is so cool um yeah because that's what happens when a cinematographer is the director it looks amazing but so i do think sometimes that 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 is this is if they're like look if we're going out we're gonna fucking burn the place down we're gonna make this crazy batshit thing we're gonna comment on the bureaucracy we're gonna comment on money over art we're gonna comment on greed and then the female empowerment thing and i understand it's really bad but the the reason that it works for me is what you said scott um jupiter says the line out loud i would like to change my clothes on my own she Mm. keeps getting literally manhandled and then she wakes up dressed in other clothes and so all of her agency is taken away and you are right she is rescued she is a MacGuffin. she's definitely there is a superman 77 scene right i mean and who doesn't love the (laughs) superman one i mean I, i as you know christopher reeve is amazing and and is perfect and the scene when you know you do believe a man can fly and that first time they just were like what if we recapture that superman scene everyone's gonna know but let's do it anyway so they did here for it but her playing the lois lane character in that in that scene and throughout the thing she is she has no agency and that is the comment you're supposed to be uncomfortable she's not she's not supposed to be it's not the female matrix, right? This isn't, we're not retelling the matrix from her perspective. We're saying this is how women are treated. And these are women who transitioned at this point. And actually, I don't think Lily had transitioned until after I this Quite movie. Possibly. I think, yeah, I think <clears throat> Lana had and Lily hadn't yet, but was in transition. 
So they're on there like women are. So there's a commentary on how women are treated. So this is again, me just reaching because that's what I do. But I do think that's part of it. I think that's an intention. You're supposed it, to be it like, is, right. it, I'm going I'm to not so much counter, but I'm going to throw some else in. So you are right about the sort of the, the female empowerment. I understand what you're saying. You know, and that line is kind of cool when she does say, I want to choose my clothes. I want to change them myself. Like, you know, not wake up in my clothes again. Um, one of the things that sort of got me towards in this film, she starts to she starts to grasp, um, Jupiter starts to grasp the the enormity of this, like the fact that they've just gone through the harvest planets, Earth is next. So the, the sort of the defense of Earth rests on her shoulders, but they are then the Clegs, basically, like kind of the, the the you know or the Gumbas go out, get her family, and then she's presented with the thing of like you'll have your family back, but you've got to like not become the majesty you know you, you you do not take your position and she's like oh my god oh my god, oh my god you know i can't that was to me again where i was like this is when there's bad the bad choices you know that she makes but yeah, i think it's a bad choice in the film this is a thing where she's as a as a human being i understand the sort of emotion but this is where as a badass like as jupiter she should be like stepping up to become the authority and actually stop and say this is gonna break my heart but I've got to save 7 billion people by sacrificing my family. So, yeah. Okay, I'm going to step in and defend the film now. Okay. Uh, you know, Tony, you knew it was coming at some <laughs> point. Uh, you know, if only because, you know, when it's two against one, I, my instinct is always like, <laughs> I got to defend the underdog. Um, that it. devil's advocate in me is too strong. I mean... I thought that was one of the few moments that I liked about the film. Uh, you know, I thought that's the moment where she steps up and she says, it's more than me and my family. Yes, we suffer and we suffer as immigrants and I'm cleaning toilets, but like, no, the greater good still matters. And, you know, we're talking about the end of Earth. And it, it's kind of lessened a little because my reading of it is that he's promising to send the family back to Earth to then be harvested immediately. Right. Yeah, I was uh, confused by that. Much of a, yeah. you know, uh, like, but you won't feel it because it's very humane, which I, I quite like. You know, look, I'm a vegetarian. I get the message. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. um, you know, so I, I like that moment. And I thought, if anything, in, in the, you know, her being the Lois Lane figure, that's the moment where she sort of transitions and, and steps up. And, and you know, so I like that moment personally. It, it Look, the dialogue could be a little better. It could... Mm. Trying to oh, spotlight yeah. on what's happening there a little better, but I, I did like that moment. Okay. There you go, you're Tony. Not, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. No, and you're not wrong. You're, thank you, Julian. And you're not wrong, Scott. I mean, again, and this is this isn't a perfect film. I just love it. It's one of those things that I and watching it every time doesn't make it's not like one of those ones where you're like, you liked it when you were 10. Like, and I know Scott, you're one of your all-time favorite films that I saw in the theater with my father when I was young, Ghostbusters, and loved, and then watched it as an adult with a 12-year-old boy. I was like, oof, yeah. I don't think this is a good movie. Um, and objectively, I don't think <laughs> you not like it. I, but, like, I loved it. You know, seeing it at 11, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so cool. And I bonded with my dad, who loved it, you know, who let me watch, like, Animal House and Stripes when I was eight. Do you know what I mean? So, like, of course, he we, he didn't think Peter Benkman was gross. But, like, when you're <laughs> when you're an adult watching with your wife and 12-year-old stepson, and you're like, oh, maybe this is not. Yeah. So, so uh, things change. This film, every time I see it, I like it more 
because I keep, and again, it's wish fulfillment. You point out all that stuff and I'm like, Scott is totally right. All those criticisms are totally right. But did you see that cool, that cool dragon thing that talked? That was badass. Like what a cool character design. I'm here for that. Again, I wish I could have seen it more. I wish it wasn't always in shadows. I wish they had a few more million dollars because there are some of those. It's not Alien v. Predator dark. Mm-hmm. Or Requiem, Alien but, Predator 2, oh, no, the I, one that's I, like I, all dark. But you I, know. I, I will stand by the special effects in this film. Yeah. Oh, it's I, pretty, I, that, right? It, it's it really looks good. amazing. Yeah. In those, the Clegg kind of like yeah, crocodile facings. No, no, in the darkest one, they did it because they haven't got the money to have in bright light. Right. Right, <laughs> right decision. But there's no point when I say, like, that obviously isn't it, or that looks yeah. crap. Like, no, no, I think I think there's this special effects in this stand up incredibly well if anything that's yeah. one of the things the, the 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 three things i thought was really really cool in this special effects i think are really well done i think that actually the costume design is immense i was real. i'm like every costume i'm like that's awesome like you know the detailing and it's sort of that's really and that's why i'm that's why i was a bit disappointed it's not more gauche like it's not more um flash gordon but the other thing i would say as well is in some cases it, i'd stand by some of the choreographed action I actually think some of the fight scenes especially with Channing Tatum is actually really well choreographed like they understand they've said oh he's like a wolf so they actually are incorporating him doing bits and pieces they're not just like saying that and then have him running around like a guy like he utilizes those silly flying shoes and moves around sometimes like he bounces off things and pounces like I'm like yeah they've they've kind of thought about that and incorporated it so there's stuff in this film that's actually really good, and then someone talks and you're like, ah, oh, bollocks. Like, I, I yes. hear you. I totally agree. I, and you're not again. You're not wrong, but I do. I'm going to side obviously with Julian's Julian's mm. defense there. I mean, it is not. I do again. Let's start with release the Wachowski cut, or give me the novelization, or let us write the novelization. Like that's the dream job, guys. Like honestly, like how many movies? And I know Scott, you've done early days and 20th Century Geek. You would like. I'm going to read the novelization of Halloween mm. three. Which, or you know, and it's like, yes, Halloween 3, the best Halloween, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? And I love that. I mean, objectively, that's my favorite of the Halloweens. Like, the first one is the best, but the third one is my favorite. And right that, originally originally written by Nigel Neal of Quatermass fame. So there you go. See, right? And so, like, I feel like there's a story. Like, we just, again, like you said, Julian, is true. Your show, Stories Out of Time and Space, is a lot of wish fulfillment. Like, here's how we could do yeah. it better. And there is something here, like to me, if there is a thing to cut, and I and I hate to say it for a guy for Stinger, like the Sean Beans, we can cut <laughs> Sean, and that would give you some of the stuff back, Julian, that you needed. Like if they were, if if there were notes, they're like, listen, you've got all these cool ideas that you're not able to flesh out. You got to cut something. They're like, well, we are not cutting Sean. We're not cutting Stinger. That we're we're going to die on that hill. And he takes up a lot of lot of screen time. And yeah. if you cut him as a character, you don't lose much you still can get everybody from a to b to c he could still have some random you know contact because there's those other two characters who are on the uh um ewoks Ewoks, yes um speeder bikes those could have been the people you know those could have been the people or whatever or you know so there are definitely a few things you could cut um to to get some of the stuff that you know, but again, they're not good at dialogue. So we're going to show you a bunch of stuff and you're going to have to see it. And I think maybe that's just it for me is every time I watch it again and again, I'm seeing like a different thing in the background or a different like, oh, like you said, Julian, you see where all the money is. You know, sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, where'd all that money go? How did you spend a hundred million dollars 
on this is it looks terrible. Um, you know, like a lot of the most recent uh, DC and Marvel movies, you're like, and I actually know where that money went. They ran out of money. They ran out of time. They said, well, it has to come out on this day. And the animators are like, it's not ready. They're like, well, too bad. Hurry up. And you're like, well, it's going to look shitty. This was three years between Cloud Atlas and this. So they took yeah. their time. It looks good. Um, yeah. So, no, I hear it. I, I, again, dialogue, dialogue. There's never a time where you're going to read watch the Wachowskis be like, their dialogue is awesome. They needed, they needed a third sister to be like, come yeah. in. Yes. They needed Carrie Fisher, right? Yes. I mean, we all know how cringy the original trilogy's dialogue is. And anytime there's a really good line, everybody admits it's good because Carrie Fisher wrote it. So they needed her to come in and be like, let's. Tidy this up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> just in, I, I, as we've talked, we've covered off, we will yeah. probably maybe get to, um, you've mentioned like Cloud Atlas and we've mentioned, you know, there's um, Speed Racer and some of the later films, even like the, the um, let's say the the Matrix follow-ups. I've seen them all. And one of the, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of, you know, all their stuff, but I do feel that like, they they feel a little bit like they're going to be refound. Like there's a generation coming that's going to go back and be like, you know, like, you know when you sort of you you know there are kids that sort of watch films from like the eighties or nineties or we I watch films from like the sixties and stuff. Like you know I I was like all over um, Ray Harryhausen films when I was a kid. I was like, my God, stop motion's amazing. Like you know you find things. I just I don't know. There's a generation that, that maybe they're just ahead of their time. Like. The, the bad dialogue is the bad dialogue, but like maybe there's a part of me that's like, actually, I think these are going to be found by like some Gen Z at some point, and they're gonna, they're going to be like, these are lost classics. These are com- going to be revisited as cult classics. I don't know. What do you think? I hope so. I hope so. What do you think, Julian? I think that's true of Speed Racer. I think that's true of Plot Atlas. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think both of those are going to fare better you know in, in retrospect i think i think that the matrix stuff like the, the second one is, is going to fare better in retrospect i think the third one definitely goes off the rails and mm. the fourth one mm. kind of inherits that but um so i do think though there, there will be reappraisals and i do think uh uh the wachowskis you know certainly uh were and are ahead of their time and have have a vision um I, I think I'm convinced that this movie needs to be at least a four-part miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think part of the problem is you have these great designs. Uh, I think I'm more charitable to the, the the lizard people than, you know, you guys are. I think even, like, during those fight scenes, like, where you have a well-lit close-up, I think they look really good. Um, but, you know, you're constantly introduced to these, like, environments that have been designed within an inch of their life. And you see where that design work went, that that money went. But, like, I can't diagram that floor plan. I, you know, don't have a good shot of it. I don't know exactly, like, why are all these synths witnessing this wedding? You know, like, you've spent a lot of money on them, and they're just kind of, like, in the background, and they're, you know, uh, one inch tall, you know, on the screen. And so, and part of the problem is, and, and this isn't unique to this film, is that, a lot of movies introduce us to these awesome environments and these imaginable imaginative landscapes. And then because of this narrative compression that we force movies into, um, you watch that environment get destroyed five minutes later. And you're like, well, I guess it's on to the next. That didn't matter. And And I think that if you had like a first episode that was sort of that first act and then, you know, each 
child was its own uh, episode where you really had time to, you know, feel, oh, she's trapped on the ship, you know, Um, and, you know, yeah, I mean, we might make some tweets here and there to the plot or the dialogue, but I think that a lot of it is just giving it that breathing room to really feel that landscape, really feel that setting, really feel trapped, you know, uh, in those circumstances. And I think just having that space would, you know, really enhance this film. I agree. I think that's a really great, I think it's a really great point too. And again, because we know they can, we know they can shoot a scene. We know they can, they can build a world. We know they can play with rules. They, they love to make rules. They love rules. I mean, that's the whole point of the second and third matrix is like, don't forget, we set this up. You guys wanted, you thought it ended, but we knew we had rules. We were going to come, we're going to remind you of them over and over. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Now, you know, then they made sense eight, which of course was, you know, which was a, um, a mini series. Yeah. A, a, a TV series later. And again, it, I think, you're right. And that came out right after this and almost the same year. It's too bad. Sense8 probably could have been a really cool movie. <laughs> this year, so if they had flipped the two. But, you know, at the time, in 2015, actors like these guys weren't making TV. I mean, Mila Kunis had graduated from TV, so she's mm. now a movie star. And so, and she is a movie star. I mean, I love Bad Moms, and I'll tell you, The Spy yeah. Who Dumped Me is fucking... Yes. Talk about a found movie later. The movie is exceptional. We laugh we saw that in the theater laughed our asses off and like everybody in the theater is like wait i didn't understand this was just a real spy movie we're like right it is it says it right in the title but you thought kate mckinnon's in it so it wasn't going to be what it is such a great movie she is a movie star i feel like if it had been made now julian when people do harrison ford makes tv now i heard nick cage and again i know he's nick cage but even he said i heard an interview recently he said he's thinking there's some tv project he's interested in and i mean he's nick cage he could just keep cranking out the straight to dvd movies and makes 10 a year but he's like let's try it so you're right if it had been five five or ten years later we could have got this cast to do prestige tv and and it would have been it would have been better and julian would have written it written the dialogue he'd have been like all right lily lana give me the world now i'm gonna tell you how people will sound like people even though i know he's a dog he's supposed to say words that make yeah. sense. here's what that sounds like well, yeah can we not have mila kunis um turned on by a dog calling her her majesty in a gruff voice it's kind of creepy um see i like yeah. i kind of like the your majesty stuff like from a bdsm standpoint right mm. like i see it's like wizard of i like look i would love a you know boz lerman produced wizard of oz that was like <laughs> bdsm to the max right? like, i'm sold already you know like I, i'm sure he's got that. that in a drawer they're like yeah. Boz still. <laughs> yeah but i mean there are other problems with that you know the the dog character you know who's a who's a lichen you know i mean there are other problems there uh but no i mean i i kind of you know again it's like i kind of get what they're going for i kind of like what they're going for it just doesn't work quite for one reason or another yeah it's fair and I, again yeah. i'm just i again when you guys said yes to this that just says they are my friends People who've never watched Jupiter Ascending, or even if they have, they're like, I will watch it again for you. That is, the, to me, the honor is this. Because, again, I only know a couple people who've, people in, in my life who I see, you know, in the world who've seen it. Um, and most people are like, 
I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always lovely. And again, that's what, I, again, to be fair, as a, to be honored to be on Stories Out of Time and Space, because again, it's such a fun thing Jack and I talk about, you guys. So it's like, you know, we love Chris and Dave, what they do with VHS Strikes Back, and that is a different show than yours for mm. a reason, right? They, you know, and like, they're coming at it from a totally different perspective. And so it's like, and they're both amazing shows and they're two of my favorite shows. And it's like, you just get a different thing. The conversation you guys have, the fact that you're turning your shows into essay collections is makes perfect sense. Like that's what it feels like. And that's like my kind of nerd thing. Like I'm here to have these deeper thoughts and like point out the flaws, but still respecting it for what it is and being like, I can love it and disrespect it. And what you guys do and what I am, like I am a fan of the Wachowskis acknowledging I don't love everything. Like they have flaws as opposed to the way that current fandom is the stories out of time and face is the show space is the show for fans who can be disrespectful of things or who can be dis disagree with things without being disrespectful. Like Julian is on record as like me, not being a big fan of the guardians movies. And I know everybody thinks they're great. And guardians one, I really did enjoy. I thought guardians two was a stealing pile of dude. But you're like, well, here's some things that work and here's some things that don't work. And you have that conversation and it's like the intelligent squared open to debate version of movie reviews. And I just, so I appreciate knowing I come in as the person who's like, oh my God, I love this movie that you guys are both like, objectively, you know, it's bad though, right? But like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I Apart from Howard the Duck, which we both agree is a masterpiece and uh, should be treasured as such. <laughs> but is that Valerian, which I will not tolerate anything yeah. bad. Uh, <laughs> Valerian still no, stands on similar but, shoulders but Tony, to this, but you yeah. are right. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, I definitely would defend Valerian over this, but uh, no, I love uh, what you're saying, Tony. And, and and Tony, look, you're a scholar, and you know, uh, you have all my admiration. We do love you, and yeah, I appreciate um, that, and I love you guys. Yeah, but you know, I mean, part of being, you know, part of coming from that uh, environment. You know, and I and I tell my students all the time, like, you know, we can love stuff and still acknowledge it has problems. You know, we can love stuff and still acknowledge it's racist in its depictions or sexist or, or whatever it is, you know, but there are these good things. Right. Yeah. And even problematic stuff can be great. I mean, look, you know, um, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird is kind of, you know, it is a racist, anti-racist text. Right. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, um, so. I, I think it is important to carve out that space and that's not something that current fandom allows. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think it's unfortunate before to get to, you know, the Jupiter ascending, it's unfortunate that it's like, it's like the Roger Ebert thing. Like it's thumbs up or thumbs down. Right. Like, you know, that's not reality. Right. Yeah. And isn't that funny that that's what he got reduced to the man who, had degrees in film criticism and you read his criticism he'd write like four thousand mm. word essays on something really nuanced and then it's like he and then he turned into that <laughs> and that is like so ironic to me <laughs> this guy who would like parse a line of dialogue for 400 words in an essay is like meh thumbs down you're like wait <laughs> you can't only be two <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I think it is in this. This film is very much in that category. I and I do think you know the film. The other films I've mentioned, um, you know, Flash Gordon, Valerian, uh, David Lynch's June, like they're all films. Even Valerian, like I, you know, Julian, I acknowledge the opening of that film, the opening sequence of that film, brilliant, absolutely outstanding. And there are moments in that film that are good. Overall, I still do, I still think it's it's not great, but 
the one thing I would say is when I watch when I'm watching Valerian and when you watch this and when you watch some of those films, one of the things I take away from that is you've said about, you know, we've talked about the Wachowskis. It's definitely their vision. They've done the dialogue. But it's still a production crew. And when you do look at this, you do go like, yeah, people cared. Like, you know, Channing Tatum, you know, like you say, has his shirt off and that. Yeah, but like, then you've got like the tattoos he has and the sort of some of the prosthetics and the special effects. And as I said, the costume design, some of the special, you know, the space stuff. People cared and they were taking the effort to do this. So it's, you know, I, I can criticize and go, yeah, the dialogue's wonky and, and some of the pacing is all over the place. And I'm not entirely sure what Eddie Redmayne's doing, but. Like there is stuff. People turned up and did a really good job on this film, and that I can they, I can really applaud it. I can look at this yeah. film and go, yeah, no, some someone turned up and was like, I'm giving hundred percent today, and I'm going to do this, and it sort of it shows. And it does, and I do think too, like you know, they because I'd imagine that that crew, you know, like they're the Wachowskis. They they're mm. bringing the people who who want to bring their A game, who want to try something different. I I just feel like Eddie Redmayne. I think I, whether it was his choice or their choice, the Wachowski's choice, it was the choice. And he never wavers. He never backs off. He goes all in. And I get why he gets the Razzie or whatever. But I just, I think the Razzies have kind of turned mean. Mm. Like, I think they were supposed to be fun and lighthearted and they've kind of turned mean. Like, I love the year that Sandra Bullock showed up to get her Razzie. I appreciated her doing that. She's like, fuck. And then they didn't expect that. So she took it because they just give the same one out because nobody comes. So she took it. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, ha ha. Um, but I understand because it's like you're, you're Eddie Redman. I've seen you do other things. Like I've seen you in Les Mis. I know you're great. Um, what is this? But I also think he's like, I've done that. I've done that other things. I want to do this. Like I want to do the thing. I want to Brando in Dr. Moreau. I, what What if I could Brando? What would that <laughs> look like? like yeah. Right? I mean, Dr. Moreau, I don't know if you guys, you guys I've seen. Oh, that. I've seen Dr. Moreau. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that movie is awful. But yeah. I love to watch it because whatever choice Brando was making the whole time, and Val Kilmer looks genuinely scared. Like oh. I don't think Val is acting, and Val's—I think Val is a really good character actor. He gets in character. He's out of character that whole movie because I think he's just genuinely terrified by whatever that if performance you watch, is. If you ever watch the documentary about the making of that film, I don't think no, it's just I Marlon. Haven't. I don't think it's just Marlon Brando that he's scared of. <laughs> oh, okay, fair, totally fair. But I mean, it's like, really so worth I, checking out. It's I will have to. I will have to watch that. But I feel like that's what Redman is doing. He's like, well, yeah. I'm just you know Brando can do that. I'm going to do that. So I just think that was, and he's not Brando. But you get what I'm saying, like everybody right choices were choices were made whether you agree with the choices or not like my thing with valerian is i think they the wrong female lead lorelei um i i don't think care is that good of an actor no and i and i think this was too early in her career to get that role like dean dehane is like charming it up and like you know he's like winking right at you through the screen and um and I'm like when Ethan Hawke, one of my favorites, shows up and knows the assignment and has a ball that day that he's on set. I just think Kara was outmatched. Like she's the wrong. I don't know. Somebody needed different chemistry with him. I just didn't. So I think I they think thought, the thing is they thought they thought Cara De, um, Cara Delevingne was going to be Margot Robbie, and and, oh. and then and then Margot Robbie came along and became Margot Robbie. So that's she would have I... been a better cast. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And again, that's my only problem with her. And I don't think. I've not read all the Valerian comics. I'm sure you have, Julian. But I also think like Lorelai's kind of short. Like 
she's co-lead in the things. And I know she's kind of co-lead in the movie too. I don't know. That's, I love that movie too. I think I watched that on a, like I was, I was traveling. I downloaded it on my iPad. I wish I had seen it on the big screen, but it was like, so, you know, when you're on a plane, you can kind of just zoom in and block <laughs> everything out. So it was like, I was on the, I enjoyed the shit out of that. Again, everybody showed up and had a lot of fun. Um, so yeah. I, and again, I know that Julian, you listening to you love Valerian. So I, I appreciate <laughs> you coming to my defense and this being like, this is the same. It's me loving this movie, even though like the rest of the world's like, are you sure that's the movie? That's the hill. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of passion and I, yeah. I and, and I will always say that, um, you know, anytime somebody loves a movie that I don't get, um, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stand by my point of view, but I am a huge fan of anyone being moved by art. Like, mm. that's amazing. You know, I'm on the side of art. And, you know, um, it's power. And, you know, it's power to, to make us feel and to, and to really make us care. And so even where people like stuff that, that I don't like, you know, that's always the side that, that I'll come down on. Um, you know, I, yeah, because I they because they defend their passion. That's the thing for you guys, and that's what this show is. You can't just be like, I like it because it's good. I like it because Cara Delvin's pretty. No, that's not a reason to like it. Like, just get a poster of her and put her on your wall. Then that's not a reason to like it just because she's in it, right? You got you got to give a reason to de- mm. like. I like it because, or I like it in spite of, right? That's the point. Well, I'd be okay with somebody who said that, actually. <laughs> but, you know, I would probably just go like, well, you know, that, you do know that doesn't mean it's a good movie. Right? Yeah. I'm like, you know, if, if that's what you want, there are cheaper ways of making that, yeah. you know. Right. Um, but, you know, I sort of feel like with, with Valerian, I have a sense of wonder, you know. Mm. And I'm sort of like, I, it moves me to have a sense of wonder. And even, you know, I mean, you know, obviously, it, I think it starts great, you know. But even like the stuff that is like feels weird and misjudged. I mean, there's that whole like strip show sequence that feels really uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, she's got her her head up. You know, the the ass of you know a, a sort of jellyfish thing. I mean, but even then, like I'm thinking, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> I, I have some sort of sense of wonder there. And here, you know, I mean, I know that that's there is a sense of awe that they're going for um and it, it just sort of doesn't materialize at least for me and you know i think of like that first action sequence where you're watching um you know the um what is his name uh where you're okay. watching yeah wise uh you know fight the you know uh from people and i love that girl with the the, the you know on Purple the, the hair on the bike yes. like she looks awesome again, yeah, just design. Like I want, mm. I want her story. Like I want the side cool featuring her. You know that doesn't have to make you know two hundred million dollars to break even. But um, you know, even there, I'm thinking like I'm appreciating these designs, but I don't know who these characters are. You know, I mean, I admiring how it's shot. They pioneered you know this whole like helicopter shooting thing for this movie. I mean, mm. you know, the Wachowskis are clearly you know geniuses at shooting stuff you know and pi- mm. yeah, pioneered a lot of you know new kinds of cinematography uh undoubtedly but i'm wondering who are these characters why am i supposed to care you know and and i don't to me that's a that's it pulls me out of the that's dazzle. fair that actor i've not seen it yet but speaking of she is the missing link she's in the new rebel moon oh she's the um 
so the Jedi basically <laughs> wanting that. Yeah, I've not watched it yet. So there she is. She gets so Zack Snyder thought the same thing. She's like, uh, Duna Bay is awesome. I'm gonna hire her and have her come and be in my movie. And she is awesome. Whole... No, yeah. yeah, you see some of the she looks great, right? She well, she's also, she right. looks, yeah. yeah, she's also like a yeah. martial artist and stuff like. But she's yeah. underused, I think it is. You talk about no, I want to say about this, this is like bad movie roundup now. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. I've oh, not watched Rebel Moon yet, but it's just funny. I was looking to see what else she was in because I was like, I'm like, I know I've seen her in something, so I just clicked. Rebel I'm like, Moon, oh, shit. yeah, no, Rebel Moon is like this for the 2020s. Like I'm telling you, she's in Sense Eight too. Yeah, That's, she's awesome in that. Um, yeah, those characters, are, those side characters, again, like you said, I love the designs. I think the designs in this are fantastic. Um. The one thing is, though, like you say, they are like bounty hunters or they've, they've got an agenda. I'm never, one thing I'm really unclear about throughout most of this film is what is everyone's allegiances and motivations? <laughs> like characters keep turning up for bounty hunters. I'm like, I should know who they're for or at least know. So if there's a, a betrayal, I should feel something. But then like, when they start shooting the people, because they obviously turn up at Stinger's house and there's a whole chase through the house and through the corn field and that sort of stuff. All that, again, I'm like, they're shooting, then they end up shooting the aliens, with the, you know, they make the, the harvesting aliens. And I was like, were they on their side originally? Or have they just turned up? Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, and it's not because I'm like, you know, I'm not watching. I'm watching it like, I should know that if they've turned up, they are representing one of the Abraxas, but I don't know which. And it's like, it's always so... I think, again, it's just some of the, the kinetic action doesn't work. Um, but yeah, there's things like that. So I agree with you, Julian. Like, they just turn up and they're like, cool, they look ace. Don't know who they're for or what they do, but, you know. <laughs> mm, fair. It's all fair. Yeah. You know another movie, uh, what, since we're continuing Bad Movie Roundup, that I kept <laughs> thinking of during this was the live-action Masters of the Universe. Mm. Oh! You know, which, and I don't know why. You I'll know, defend that one, though. A lot more... Yeah, no, we should. I mean, yeah. and, you know, that's a lot more low-budget. It's not, you know, as beautiful, but it has great costume designs, you know. It's also got... Frank Langella acting his fucking ass off yes yeah hamming the hell out of it oh you know like he is the equivalent of you know the the Eddie Redmayne. final bad the Red here yeah yeah. yeah yeah and you know and that's also a completely daft mess of a movie that you know has a ton of really cool designs and ideas <laughs> yeah. in the middle of it it's kind of like jack kirby's new gods you know it's like oh yeah it's hard not to admire what they're going for and i sort of feel the same way here at the same time it's like kind of watching a face plant you know <laughs> so what we're looking you know i agree I, I i do like that film and one day we will defend that because that that is, is one of my favorite canon movies as well but um it's one of those i think there's almost there's almost like a um a subgenre of sort of like epic sci-fi fantasy films that miss the mark <laughs> that you go like, I know what you're going for. And you almost got there. You know, you get a round of applause for looking great and trying some great stuff, but you kind of well, miss the mark. <laughs> I do think what Julian said though. And I think that, that not only will these movies be rediscovered, but I think that in the golden age of streaming and the golden age of, prestige television where they're like you know what we'll give you seven how many episodes you need seven okay we'll give you seven what do you need nine we'll let you do your mini series we'll let you do yours and then if it and then if it works then we can spin razzo off and give her her own series because now we've got a built-in audience now we can 
do whatever. And then maybe, you know, we could bring the leads back every once in a while as part of our expanded universe. So I think there is an opportunity for that. And that is the problem is that it is tough to do it all. It's tough to fit it all in in 90 minutes or, or oh, 120 yeah. minutes. Yeah. What I would say is, though, in a world where we have, what, three Riddick movies from Vin no, Diesel? Only three? Is, isn't is there an animated one as Oh, well? there's an animated one as well that's sort of a, an inter-film. <laughs> but again, Chrono- I would say the middle one of that, Chronicles of Riddick, is exactly, is it falls into this category of sci-fi fantasy with insane costumes. You know, it has Judy Dench as like a floating witch. That film is nuts. Carl Urban dressed in like red muscle armor. Like that film is is absolutely insane. Falls into that same sort of category of like again, uh, you know. But when Netflix was looking around and going, "We want our own IP," I do kind of sort of look at this and think, "There's potential here." that we could have said, like we've already worked with the Wachowskis for Sense8. I do kind of agree that they, if I was at Netflix, I'd have been picking this up and saying, right, the first film, you know, we understand it was a flop, but we're going to buy it. We're going to have it as a sort of a net, you know, bring it to Netflix and we are going to let you do a sequel, but you're going to have these, you know, you can go nuts and in this budget and in this thing, but we're looking to build a universe out of this. Like I, I could see this becoming a modern franchise. Well, like they did with Buffy. I mean, again, yeah. I, I saw the Buffy film in the theater, loved it. It bombed. And then it took the right vision. Like Marty Nixon, she's like, hey, there's a good story there. What if? And like, you know, she's, I know for all the things, Josh is a huge asshole and all that other stuff. But the move, like the idea was good. It was not realized in that original film. Even though I love that original film, it knew what it was. Paul Rubens had all the fun in that movie. And then, and I think, you know, it was good. I, I really, I'm here for that. I love the movie. But the show is like, what if we do that? So I think you're right with this. We could take that idea, live in the universe. But, you know, they retconned it. Like the original mm. Buffy movie in the show, they changed it. They they aged her down a little. That might be an interesting thing to do with Jupiter. Age her down or even age her up. Get her in the future. I mean, because if you aged her up, you can actually get Mila to come back. And then well, that's what could, I would like, do. I would have Mila come back and just go, right, we're going to do a prestige show and we're going to continue it. Yeah. But we're going to continue the story. Like, you know, there's a corporate takeover because the, the Abraxas family is still out there and stuff. Like, you know. Yeah, she, they only killed one of them, right? So yeah. the other two. So, you yeah. know, you could still do all kinds of bits and pieces. I think there's stuff here to do that could be really sure. cool. No, when I agree I... with that. It, it strikes me that you know, not to agree with the sort of like anti-corporate, you know, and, and, and Tony, what you're saying about art, you know, where, you know, I caught that line in Matrix 4 too, um, you know, where, you know, I feel like there's a lack of commitment to the material. Mm. And it's clear that like what the studio wanted here was another Matrix, right? They wanted IP development and they were like, look, we'll, we'll fund this. We'll give you the money. But then it bombs and it's like, all right, well, put that in the drawer. And you see, you know, so many of these franchises, so many of these uh, ideas, they pull the the rug out from under, you know, the stories left half complete, you know. I mean, you should not be creating this stuff with the idea that it's got to do 750 million, you know, uh, US to make its money back, Mm -hmm. right? And if we don't, then we're going to pull it, right? This this would be a perfectly solid to good four episode miniseries. Uh, you know, add some add some other stuff. Don't you know? Take the you know 
let the studio having already put the laws on its books, right? Take it, you know, I mean, age her up, whatever, you know, figure out how to continue it. Um, that would be perfectly fine. But there has to be a sort of like commitment. And I think that it's possible, you know, Tony, to your point that like this, that the interference, you know, compressing it to, to two hours, you know, whatever interference to sort of make it commercial um, got in the way here. And I sort of feel like, um, you know, I sort of feel like the emphasis on Shannon Tatum, you know, and the removal of agency is from uh, the main character is uh, from Jupiter is um, sort of like a bow to audiences, you know, sort of like a bow to, you know, sort of like heteronormative, you know, hey. narrative expectations um, in a way that, you know, it feels like there's a more risque version of this movie that the studio knew was not going to sell. And the Wachowskis at this point were probably very familiar with having to, <laughs> you know, accommodate, right? And somewhere in that marriage, something is lost. And maybe when you say, okay, you know, uh, we're doing it on Netflix, we're, we're aiming at lower targets financially, uh, we don't have as much pressure, be as weird as you want, you know, uh, maybe we'll have some editorial oversight for dialogue, or, you know, narrative purposes or things like this. But it, it just strikes me that we're putting so much pressure on these uh, IPs, you know, and that that makes them worse. And I think this does feel like that. I agree with that. And I think especially with Netflix, you're right. I think you're right. I think that there's that studio risk aversion, isn't there, at the moment? Sort of and around this time, of sort of it has to. Because don't forget, like you know, following this, in two years after this, 2017. We do have talking Joss Whedon. We have sort of the Zack Snyder Joss Whedon Justice League, which is exactly that. Which we're like, we know what Zack wants to do, but he's you know because of the tragedy, you know, with his family tragedy. Actually, we're bringing Joss in, and we're taking this as an actual moment to insert the corporate purpose. Two hours. It's got to do this. Got to do this. Go, and that was it. You know, and you can sort of see that all over it. Netflix has in the past taken sort of like you know swung at weird stuff. They've done some. There's a, there's a what was it called like Cherry Hill? I think there's a TV there's a like a TV series that's really weird. But even they did um, what's the uh, the superhero academy? What's it called? Um, Umbrella. The Umbrella Academy. That's decidedly weird. Like you know they'll do that kind of stuff and go like yeah we're going to go for a bit of weirdness. They even did uh, Dirk Gently. They gave that two seasons. They've gone weird. And gone like yeah, we can do this sort of sci-fi stuff and that. So they've had, they've got they've got like a legacy or they've got like the credentials to be like, hey, do you know what? We are going to try something that's a bit weird and a bit out there. Let's go for it. See if it lands. Just and, and I think it doesn't even have to be Netflix. Like, there's other streamers who are trying. Like to me, here's the answer: is you do the fast service like a Tubi, a, a yeah. Pluto. Um, a Roku channel. There was a show that was on the Roku channel last year. Uh, Zoe Lister-Jones, who I think is a fucking star. She is amazing. She's a writer. She's an actor. She's a singer. She's awesome. Whatever she's in, I'm here. She made a seven-part miniseries called Slip, where um, it's a she has sex, and every time she has an orgasm, she goes through a different dimension. That's the plot. It's unbelievable. She shoots every episode. She's the star. She's the director of every episode. It's like this 35, 40-minute comedy obviously raunchy TVMA brilliant, like so thoughtful, really smart. And because it's on Roku, there's commercials. So there's just the thing at the beginning, this is TVMA people. It's free. 
all you need is an internet connection in a room. You can watch it on you can watch it on your computer, or whatever. They took the risk. It got nominated for two independent independent spirit awards. I really hope she wins one. She should for writing. My God, it's, it's such a brilliant show. So something like that, these fast ones, because then there's advertising money. So you're like, we're bringing the Wachowskis to free. We're going to give it to you for free or put it on freebie, Amazon's freebie. Yeah, so yeah. Amazon can eat some of the money that way and be like, because Amazon put um, the uh, Alex Ryder series out on freebie. Mm. And it was really good. They spent a lot of money because they could, because every... 15 minutes, there's a there. And the cool thing about streaming commercials, it's not three minutes of commercials. It's a one minute commercial. It doesn't really interrupt the flow, but you kind of got to sit through it. It's fine. So I do, to me, that's the place. So somebody who's trying to build a good, fast, over the top streaming service, they could do it. And then it wouldn't have to be, it could be as prestigious as you want, because then you've got a sponsor. And I hate to say it, like, it's not like you want the Kowskis to be like, we have to drink Pepsi in this. But fuck it, if you've got to drink Pepsi in it, so you can make the show that you want to make. Drink a Pepsi, man. Just, just do that. Do that. Suck that up. Because so, I think that's the answer for people like them, and I think there's a move for it. You know, they're starting to be two B originals and Roku originals. So I think as they build their their footprint, so I think. I mean, now you got to pay for Netflix and you get ads. Well, fuck. Why? Why yeah. would I do that when I can just watch Roku for free? Do you know what I'm saying? So I think that may be the answer. Two out of three alien monarchs prefer Pepsi. <laughs> I agree. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, because the one's dead. Obviously. Yeah. I think you're right. I think there's an opportunity for those kinds of those. Yeah. You know, I, I not maybe maybe not a continuation of this, but maybe that is where the Wachowskis go and do their something. Whatever. Renaissance. Yeah. They come back and go, We've actually done this is our full on weird you know, out there kind of a, a sci-fi allegory of a show and it's amazing. And they've got, you know, because they say they haven't got to do much, they've got no notes. Don't know. Yeah, right. it could be done. Yeah. You know, I'm a huge Star Trek fan and you mm. think oh, like, yeah. you know, uh, Star Trek lost money. You know, Star Trek has always lost money, you know, uh, with rare exceptions. I mean, the original show lost money, you know, and, it, and it's in syndication that you have your money, right? Right. It's in, you know, but if Free. you're looking, yeah. right, you know, I mean, you, and you recoup that money forever. The The point of starting up an IP is that you can do that, right? Yeah. It, you know, you have to be able to eat some losses. You have to be able to have a long-term agenda. And, you know, you've got to minimize those losses, but you have to think long-term. And if you're just thinking about, as, as Star Trek did during the movie years, right, like recouping that money with box office, that's not the universe we're in anymore. You know, and clearly this was not a movie that was going to recoup its, <laughs> its, you know, $200 million budget, you know, um, and that's okay. You know, I mean, if you're going to throw $200 billion at it, you have to say, look, we hope it recoups the money at the box office. If it doesn't, here is the backup plan for continuing this, you know, establishing the IP and really building this out and having that corporate interest that's going to pay off financially in the long run. Right. We hope it makes its money back, but it's not this all or nothing thing that it's become. And I and I think that even with the metrics of streaming, so often, you know, I mean, Netflix cancels stuff, mm, um, yeah. you know, stuff gets canceled where, you know, you think they're not thinking of the, the Star Trek syndication rights. And, and that really needs to be the model if you're going to be bold enough to you know, say, as they were doing here, you know, all right, Wachowskis, you're brilliant. We know you're brilliant. You know, make us one of, you know, make us the next Star Trek. 
yeah. or make us the next Matrix. Yeah, I'm I'm here for that. Sold again, as as always the case when I listen to you guys, I want to do whatever you say because I think <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah, I agree. We fixed the you world. Can call me His Majesty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put on my dog ears and then whisper shout. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we I'll love do you, both. Buddy. I'll find them both. I'll find both. I'll do the Channing and the Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> All in one. All the cosplay. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, I like hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, yes. Any, any, any final thoughts about um, Jupiter ascending? I what just appreciate you guys so much that, I mean, you know, a, just thank you for doing it. I, I, uh, this was as much fun. Hopefully people had more fun listening to us than they did watching the film. But I am glad I had a reason to watch it again. And I won't wait so long till I watch it again. Oh, we'll get you back. You know, I'm already thinking, you. you know, Battlefield Earth, something like that. Oh, totally. my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't wait to find something good about Battlefield Earth. But yeah. Oof, yeah. Uh, I've not seen that in years. Would so. I have to read Battlefield Earth in order to... Oh, man, you know how I like to be a completist. No. We'll see. Yeah, well, if you're going to be a completist, you end up joining Scientology. You've got They're the just thing. up the road for me, <laughs> yeah. right? They're they're yeah. they're, uh, they're right in St. Petersburg. So, yeah, well, maybe not. Okay, change, yeah. That could be a life-changing podcast. Life-changing show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so there we do. We have we have discussed uh, Jupiter Ascent. It's been a bonus. This is sort of a... Um, a lighter moment between, between the Black Mirror because I think this is coming. I'll be dropping this between some episodes of Black Mirror, so it's carrying on our saga of Black Mirror. Uh, but yeah, if you have been watching along and you have watched Jupiter Ascending, let us know, reach out, talk to us. You know, what do you think? Um, and as always, if you like what we do, check out uh, leave a review for a start and uh, check out the Patreon. We've got everything on there from. Uh, trekking through the twilight zone our bonus materials that we have done for uh, stories that time and space and some other bits and pieces as well um so tony where can people find you and what can sure. they find if you want to at me and tell me why i'm wrong about jupiter sending arfarina.com is the place uh that is my website you can there's a contact me you can sign up for my newsletter you can then there's social medias you can follow me there so there you can get my book welcome to mansfield or you can get links to two books that i'm in that are made by this great place called sequart i don't know if you guys have ever heard of it it's a really mm -hmm. cool place that people there i hear are really nice um, that they will, if you ask, I've heard that if you ask your lights, the publisher will call up and whisper and then shout and then just hang up. That's what I hear <laughs> happen. Um, no, so you can, so that's the place, arfarina.com. That is the place for me. So again, thank you for this. Excellent. And I subscribe to your newsletter. I know. So I saw for, that. For thank listeners you. to know. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, didn't like know you have, I didn't know it's you It's not have. a, it's not a traditional newsletter. Like I, I tried to do, I was going to do it. Like your newsletter comes out and you're like, here's the cool things I'm doing. But like, I just can't help it. I got things to say. So once a month, I like write an essay about something and I send that out. And then at the bottom, I'm like, here's what's up. But it's like the theme of the month. Like this was fresh starts and like, you know, whatever I feel like writing about. One time I was mad about like banning books. So I wrote a whole thing about it. It's so like, so I just write a little essay, a little four to 800 word essay in your inbox in the middle of every month. Oh. Yeah. I'm not sure I could do that because mine would just be sort of would be angry ranting each month. <laughs> Mostly, but... that's what you need. And then yeah. yeah, well, yeah, one month would just be about the parking around here. Just god damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no, won't be doing that. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, yes, you know, come find us, um, all of us at. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, is, is I can't remember what our at is. What is at? I've been mean, part time space. Thank you, part time space. I usually know that very well. At part time space. 
and you can find everything else under our 20th Century Geek Media banner uh, on all the other media sort of platforms. But for now, thank you very much, guys. Really, actually, appreciate the talk. It's been a good, fun chat. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, and we shall see you on the next episode. streams.